I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Denim Peak Network. I am your host, as always, you should probably know this by now, journalist, researcher of all things weird, and occasional TV guy, Aaron Sagers. Currently, I can be seen on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus's Paranormal Caught on Camera. And with that said, hey, keep an eye out. There's a big project coming up this October I'm looking forward to talking about. I just can't do it yet, but you'll hear about it. So let me talk about the guest that we have today on Travel Channel's Destination Fear, brother and sister Dakota Layden and Chelsea and friends Tanner Wiseman and Alex Schroeder. They hit the haunted highways, the byways, the back roads, all the roads of America to spend the night inside the nation's scariest places. And these explorations into the unexplained, it's lasted three seasons thus far, and we know that there is going to be a fourth on the way. And leading the group, as I said, is Dakota, who started making amateur movies at the age of seven. He began sharing those videos on YouTube at 12, and in high school he began exploring scary and haunted locations, and ultimately... He gained the attention of Zach Bagans and Ghost Adventures, and then he made the 2015 documentary Trail to Terror, and then became part of the Ghost Adventures crew for a time before launching Destination Fear in 2019. And he's also just a really nice guy. I've had the opportunity to appear at some paranormal events with them, and... (laughs) There have been some interesting adventures and misadventures along the way with some of those events. So here he goes. Here he is. Dakota, thanks for joining me, man. What's up, dude? Thanks for having me. Hey, I like the nice blue lighting you have in your background right now. Thank you. This is where I do all my editing. So it it has to be a good vibe or else it won't be a good day. Yeah. I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm doing this from the den of my father's house in Florida. And you know it's a den because it looks very den-like on the videos, bookcases and just <laughs> odd curios in the background. It's, I like it. It's looking good. And even my my weirdly green cup is very dad and den-like. Um, so people are missing out if they're only catching this the audio podcast because they're missing out on this green Some mug. Great visuals here. Great colors. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I actually didn't know that um, that you had a separate office and editing space and everything. How long have you been working out of that? Uh, just over the last like seven, eight months. Uh, up until season one, I, I was in New York mostly. Season two and three, I was in my bedroom editing. And then uh, season four, which is, hasn't come out yet, it, I, I did in this office. I finally got a space. And it's nice. It's needed. It's it's about time like I leave the house instead of rolling over in bed and editing. Yeah, I mean, I know that you are an executive produced producer on Destination Fear as well as being out front, and I think people fans know that as well. But just to give a sense of how involved you are in this show, you're not just taking the title and not just. I mean, you're very active in picking the locations. You're very active in the the whole process yeah i mean it definitely it wasn't handed to me either i mean i had to prove myself to the network season one and 
I was pretty young at the time, so they, it was kind of a trial run to see how it went. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a full time job. And then when everything's done, we're done in pre production, done filming. I go back into this office and I I do half of the editing on every single episode. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot, but I love it. This is I love the paranormal, but filmmaking has always since I was born basically it's been my passion. So and we haven't awesome. we haven't really I haven't asked you this, but what is what are some of your favorite all-time uh, favorite films and and even the movies that inspire your camera work and your directing? Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because a lot of my favorite movies they're not really related to the show or anything and the, what I'm doing now I would have never guessed five ten years ago, but uh, I love Tarantino, I love the Coen Brothers, uh, David Fincher, some of those directors I absolutely love. Um, too many movies of theirs to even name that make the top 10 list. But uh, when it comes to like the style of the show, honestly, I think what, what it really, how the show was made was me being such a fan of the paranormal growing up. I watched everything. I've seen probably every single show there is. Uh, and I just loved it. And I think slowly I kind of took things from every show that I liked about it and tried to apply it to Destination Fear. Uh, the biggest thing really though is the handheld no camera crew like when we go into these buildings and spend the night there's not even an audio guy with us we have our cameras have two microphones on them one pointing forward one backwards and that's our audio for each person that's why everyone has to have a camera else they don't have audio and uh yeah the style was kind of just slowly from being a fan of the paranormal for so long it actually it makes sense that you're a big fan of Fincher, that you're a big fan of Tarantino. These are guys that, especially Fincher, is able to build that suspense and tension in his shots. And I do think that that kind of thing translates into, yes, even into unscripted paranormal shows. You can definitely channel that. It's it, So, I mean, do you ever, as as you are in these haunted locations with these handhelds, are you ever thinking about, a shot that Tarantino or Fincher or Scorsese or these guys did that you're like, you know what, this is an opportunity to do this kind of thing. I mean, sometimes definitely. Uh, I think most of the time when I'm in a haunted building, I wish I could be on a movie set making a big time movie uh, and out of that haunted building like Tarantino and the others. Uh, but I don't know, like I think a lot of that's weird. Like, I think some of the old slashers kind of even come into my mind when we're filming, like that handheld, like creeping around a corner look. Uh, some of that stuff definitely plays. Mm-hmm. Are you having to, uh, you know, obviously you're a big movie buff and a lot of your vision is coming through on Destination Fear. But for instance, you know, with Chelsea, are you having to kind of also give directing tips to your cohorts because they are likewise they're having to pick up that camera oh yeah season one was a complete refining process by the time we were filming season two i had probably five to ten pages of things that we me tanner and alex and chelsea all sat down it was all technical though it was just like an example would be if chelsea was in the lead and, and leading us down a hallway like season one, she might've forgot, like, like your camera's really important because we want to see that POV. And so sometimes, you know, she'd have it like down and looking around and then it's like, oh crap, 
Uh, so like a lot of little things were like, we don't do voiceover in our show. That's one thing I really wanted to stick to was when we get into these locations and when we leave, the audience sees it as it happens. There's never, I, I don't ever come on and say like, now we're going to the basement to see if like, there's no voiceover. So that was the biggest thing I think directing wise was just like told everyone to be as vocal to the cameras as possible. If you walk into a new room, look to the camera or look to someone who's with you and explain to them like a, what you're doing, where we're going, because that's kind of going to be our voiceover in a way is guiding the audience. Uh, but that, that's been the hardest part really is no voiceover and having to say everything you can think of. Every If you hear something, if you get some piece of evidence or something weird, you have to try to connect that dot right there in the moment because we don't have voiceover. It can't be something I connect in editing where I go, if it says like pineapple and someone choked dying from pineapples in that room and we didn't realize it in the moment, I can't just say later in editing, like we got pineapple because someone died in there eating pineapples. Like we have to remember that in the moment or else it doesn't make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a challenging dynamic at times because you are juggling so many roles at once, not just shooting, but yeah, narrating and remembering the facts and the history or whatnot, and then maintaining that naturalistic approach when it's totally unnatural. I mean, it's supernatural, mm -hmm. but it's also an unnatural approach to be carrying the camera and then looking at the camera. That, that's uh, a lot of tasks to juggle at once. It's definitely tough. I think we slowly got it down. Uh, I think this last season was like the most smooth. Everyone's really nailed it, like how to how to just be as vocal as possible, how to take advantage of even like, you know, if someone has to go to the bathroom, like instead of everyone just standing there waiting for them to come back, like just start walking around and getting, you know, POV shots with their camera and like, it's not wasting any, any seconds. And, but it is a lot. It's when we go out on the road, I feel like when I get back from these road trips, I, I takes almost a month just to like feel back to normal. Mm -hmm. Well, let me back up a little bit. You mentioned that you watched all of the, the shows growing up and everything, but you also referenced slasher movies. Were you, so you were a scary movie kid too? Yeah, like I, I've always loved, you know, the grunt, like the Tarantino, Coen Brothers, like Fargo type movies first were just that style of like dark comedy meets like action. And I don't know, I just love the, the colorful worlds that they make. Um, but then from a really early age, uh, you know, sci-fi used to do that 30 days of Halloween. And I watched, that was my thing from, and I'm way too young of an age to really be watching uh, horror movies. But I think it started off with Halloween and uh, Jason and then Nightmare. And then it just kind of, even more recently, I've just been diving into all the movies no one's ever heard of now that like some of the slashers that were tried to make in the 80s that we're kind of copying some of the big ones. Um, but yeah, I love, I love horror uh, all, in all walks of it. I don't know how confident I am making a horror movie, honestly. If I were to do one, I'd, I honestly still feel like I'd be better at doing something like comedy or more colorful than horror, but who knows? Maybe one day. I, I, my experience speaking, I, I love talking to directors, and my experience talking to them is that yeah, someone might be known as a great horror director, but the basics is that they 
understand the craft. So that's, I think, how Tarantino can create, you know, he can go shoot something that's, uh, yeah, comedy in it, but also these horror elements that would fit within a grindhouse movie because those were those grindhouse i mean not the ground heist movie but the the genre of grindhouse was what inspired him or how a robert rodriguez or a cohen brothers they can bounce between the genre because they appreciate cinema writ large yeah definitely i mean like death proof with tarantino that if that would have came out in the 80s that's his grindhouse one he did with uh with uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez yeah if that came out in the 80s I feel like that would have been a smash hit like it was so good but like totally true though I mean obviously Tarantino he he knows every genre probably more than anyone yeah still interested to see if uh if what kind of what's next with him because it does seem like he's wanting to, I know there was talk about him doing that Star Trek thing for a while, which I don't think is actually going to happen, but it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see his next, his next move. But yeah. for you, what was your first kind of, what was your boogeyman growing up? What was, what was the thing creeping under your bed that you were scared of? Yeah. So growing up in the house, my dad built, it was in a big thick patch of woods in Minnesota. And he actually had, people warn him people who were on the perimeter telling him like we they called it like the boogie woods and they were like he was told about like satanic rituals and like all this stuff and he totally didn't even think about it um which is funny but then years later when i was probably 12 13 and i have five four other siblings so it's a family of five kids and we actually had stuff happen at first it was happening to some of my sisters then I had stuff happen, uh, just really weird. Knowing what I know now, I would say like it's something probably tied to the land. It probably isn't even satanic or, or evil, but there was like, there was something going on. Um, and it was, like, I was like not even really into the paranormal shows or anything at this point. This is kind of what got me to start watching them. And me and Tanner, actually, we would have sleepovers at my house and we would set up cameras in my basement and like go down there at like midnight hit record go to bed and then the next morning spend eight to ten hours just watching those cameras and we we caught enough stuff to show my dad for him to fully believe it which was pretty nuts um and then we ended up getting we had there was a whole process of like getting the house blessed every single way you can think of uh it, it did die down but there was definitely some for like two years at least, it was like stuff was happening in our house and that completely changed like my whole opinion on paranormal. And then it got me to start looking into it really hard. And from that point on, me, Tanner, Alex, Chelsea, we would go urban explore abandoned places, go to like everywhere we can think of in Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. And uh, just, and then started studying and watching all the shows and it slowly just became a thing where I'd always been into filmmaking. Paranormal kind of was thrown at me, but after like five plus years of like really like making a, a real hobby out of it, uh, that's when I decided to do that documentary, Trail to Terror. I was like, man, combine my two favorite things, filmmaking and the paranormal. Let's do this road trip. And I'm not going to tell you guys where we're going and we're going to sleep alone. And it was more of like a, a experiment on fear, like see how scared we can go get on a fun road trip and that turned into the show now yeah 
Did you in your in your town in Minnesota was there any I mean you sounds like you lived in a creepy old house or a creepy new house, but yeah. was there any urban legends or spooky old houses or uh, you know the the killer that lives down the street stories in your neighborhood? Yeah, there actually was. There was one abandoned building that was like a mile away from the high school in my town. And uh, I had done it a couple of times, like, but never really went in, just kind of like walked the property. And then one night I, I did go in and nothing paranormal happened, but we did stumble across like some people doing drugs in there and scared the crap out of me because I was like way too young to even see that. Uh, but we had a couple interesting spots. I know up in Minneapolis, which is only 20 minutes from me, there was a few abandoned like factories that had all these stories and we tried to that was like our thing like if we heard a story oh like one time that we heard about this cemetery that was in a like a field in the middle of uh minnesota like it was online like rumored that there's this random cemetery we went to this this house we pulled in and a farmer looking dude came out and we were like we heard there's a cemetery is that true and he like gave us like this creepy grin and he's like there's no cemetery here and we left and then like we were all like no there is like that grin like he was lying so we like broke onto his property and like walked in his field for like hours and we actually stumbled across like seven or eight headstones in the middle of the field and it was really creepy we're like was, but yeah that's what we did as kids we would totally go search out those urban legends slash haunts that's <laughs> you know that's like the setup to a horror movie right there that's, that's i know <laughs> That <laughs> I love it. I, but your your story also reminds me a little bit of a you know you film a lot of these projects and some make it and some don't and some never see the light of day. But I was filming this this uh, kind of sizzle or pilot for a project and we were supposed to go into this old abandoned location and they were cheating it a little bit for this for the purpose of the of the sizzle and. We walk in, we supposedly have permission to go in. And as we're walking up the steps and talking about ghosts and getting all spooky, it becomes very clear that there is a very living and very violent person hmm. that is on some powerful drugs, uh, freaking out and coming down the steps. And it's one of those moments where you're like, I'm, I'm prepared to talk about the spooky stuff and the ghosty stuff and, and maybe other weird stuff within the paranormal. But this is a... I am going to probably get murdered in this house moment and I'm not down with it. Yeah. I've had a few of those. I understand it's a different type of fear when you, when you experience that. Yeah. What do, what do you think people, what are some big things you think people get wrong about you and your theories and approach to the paranormal and to paranormal investigations? I think, I think some people might have it wrong. I've seen people who like think that we think we know it all and that's just not the truth. Like I don't, I'm even hesitant to call us ourselves investigators. Like we we're not truthfully investigating. We're trying, we're applying tactics that we've seen on some of our favorite shows. Um, but at the end of the day, like we're really explorers and just trying to put ourselves in these situations. So I know like I have, there are some people who like, get mad at like our, our methods sometimes like why didn't you when, when this happened you should have went into that room with that device and it's just like like totally agree after the fact looking at it maybe we should have done that but we're definitely 
we're not experienced investigators. Maybe in 10 years, if we're still doing this, I would change my thought on that. But uh, it's really, don't take us too seriously. We're going to try our best, but, you know, <laughs> we're still young. I, yeah, but, you know, my my response to that is it's funny, like, people that want to apply rules and strict definitions to the paranormal, which by but which is beyond scientific explanation right now. So first off, I mean, I would say that no matter how many years or how few years anyone has under their belt, it's still the unexplained. We don't have this rule book that is like, oh, well, you've, you've been doing it for five years. Here's the secrets. Here's, here's the lowdown of everything. So I'm always suspicious of people that seem a little too certain about all of the, the elements of phenomena and I'm certainly uh, reluctant to look at anybody and say, oh, well, you've only been doing this for six months. You, you don't know nothing, kid. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, no, no one knows nothing. We're all, we're all babies in this world, in this paranormal world. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of room for error too. Like you could, you could hear an EVP and in the moment you hear something that you want to hear. And then later when you listen to it, you're like, oh crap, it doesn't say that at all. Like, Um, I know even with like dust too, a lot of people call, like told us that like, you're missing all these orbs. And uh, for me, I'm just like, I don't, I would, I would totally call something out visually if I thought it was something Mm -hmm. paranormal. But when you leave a camera in a room with an IR light blasting, you're catching hundreds of articles of dust going by that look like orbs. Like it's, you can tell when it's dust versus orbs. And I know there's a lot of people and, who have called us out on that even like you're not calling out the orbs but i'm like i would totally call that it's not like i'm not seeing them i just i don't think the things you're seeing are necessarily paranormal sometimes well that said you have been i i think we do get these unique positions of when you're fortunate to do these shows you're on the road a lot you get to a lot of locations and you're logging a lot of hours you're this is now the job and it's part of your life so with that i think increases the likelihood you're going to be exposed to activity and it's going to your your thoughts on phenomena will evolve so even though none of us are experts has there been an evolution and what you think about certain things theories not rules about certain paranormal phenomena any any ideas that you've kind of come up with yeah i mean there's definitely a few like i totally believe in even if it's not intelligent, like, uh, paranormal activity, like I, we go to a lot of asylums and prisons and I just feel like history when there's traumatic history, like an asylum where people went through really terrible things and not even that long ago, I, I feel like that does correlate to activity. Like, like it might not mean that there's a bunch of intelligent spirits who are totally there can talk to you, but I do believe the energy at those places, it's just different. And I always feel like we encounter a lot more, whether it's intelligent or not. Like I just feel when there's that much negativity there, there's gotta be something to that with the paranormal. And then even with fear, like I, I do believe going in obviously with a very open mind, like you can't be trying to shut everything down right away or, or, tunnel vision like you have to have a very open mind uh but then going in and putting yourselves in situations like we do where you're alone for four hours or you're 
you're in your own building for four hours, like doing stuff where you're vulnerable and alone, I think does open you up to more uh, possibility. Like it, even just to show like when we're, we're in a group of four and we're walking, you're more comfortable, your senses aren't near as heightened because you're more, you're just relaxed, there's four people. Uh, you hear something and you can write it off in your head like, oh, that was Tanner, he's 20 feet ahead of me. Uh, but when you're alone and you're in your own building, like there's just something to that. You, your hearing is intensified. Time goes by way slower. You're hyper-focused. Um, so I do think there's something to that. Like whenever anyone asks us, like, what should I do? I haven't ever experienced something. That's my answers. Well, pick one of the places you've seen on TV that looks fascinating to you. Rent it out for even just two hours if you can, but do it alone. Like don't go with a group and then, cause then you're going to distract yourself. Like go in there alone and put yourself in a very vulnerable situation. Do you ever think about how you are investigating? Well, you're exploring and you're in these scary places and sometimes they're pretty structurally unsound. A lot of times they are. Have you thought about the pursuit to film good TV and yet also being aware of pushing things too far with your sister, Chelsea and your best friends, Tanner and Alex, like, you know, that balance of like, I want to get this, but am I now being a dick by pushing them too far too much? Yeah, I think, you know, I'll, I'll own that, that crown. Cause I, I do, I do do that all the time. I push people to their limits a little bit too much and I get called the dick all the time on Twitter, oh. but it's more, it's not like I'm being a dick. It's just, I, I know my friends, I know their capabilities. And if I didn't think they could do it, I would never make them try to do it. But like Chelsea's super, super competitive. And so with her, it's like, if she hears that I, I have an idea or something, she might be against it, but she's going to do it. Uh, and but it has been there definitely has been a slow progression like season one to now i would never have done the stuff i'm making them do now like we we we're, we're still scared as heck when we go into these places and it's still terrifying but i think everyone's gotten a little more bold with like what they're willing to do in like alone type situations i actually didn't know that people had been calling you a dick <laughs> it's more like not like a personality i'm a dick but just like what i'm making everyone doing some people it's like we draw out of a hat and for everything we do it's everyone's name goes into a hat so but people always are mad they're like it's your idea you go first and it's like no there's like everything we do if chelsea has an idea if tanner has an idea it's usually draw out of the hat and so i just have gotten lucky sometimes where it's my idea it's a terrifying idea and my name doesn't get drawn and people get mad at that where they're like, you thought of it. You should go in. And I'm like, fate, it's up to fate. <laughs> what, uh, have you, have you, do you have an interest in pursuing other types of phenomena beyond the ghosty side of things? Yeah. I mean, probably the only thing I could see is alien or UFO. Uh, it's really hard to do anything on that though right now. Like just I don't know, but I, I've always been fascinated with aliens and UFOs. And now even more recently, the last couple of years, it's really picked up a lot with what we know, which is kind of interesting. But I, maybe it wouldn't turn into a show or anything, but maybe a documentary one day or something like that I could see myself doing. Yeah, it's funny to me that 
that I, I if somebody doesn't believe in ghosts, that's fine. Cause ha- I don't know what I, th- I have theories, I have ideas, but you know, who knows what's out there, but with something like aliens and extraterrestrials with so much coming out, I'm like, really, is that even, I mean, it's still technically paranormal, but it's kind of getting less in the paranormal sphere and more in the just reality yeah. sphere. I agree. I mean, even if they're not here yet, maybe we, maybe they're not here, but like the more I learn about the universe and the more I think about it, it's just like, it's almost like dominant or not dominant. It's just, it, it, it makes so much sense. There's too many galaxies with too many stars in those galaxies to not have other life out there. Um, so like, I, I think it's a hundred percent that there's aliens out there somewhere, uh, but are they here? Who knows? But we, there has been some really interesting, creepy things released by the government, released by people like, uh, like Jeremy Corbell or like his documentaries. And it's been really, really fascinating. I would advise you checking out, it's called the aerial phenomena, not aerial as in sky, but A-R-I-E-L phenomena documentary. It's really good. It talks about a a sighting, I think it was 30 or 40 years ago by a bunch of school children and and revisits that that story. It's it's quite impressive. Oh, I did see that. That's the one in like... I forget what country, but the one where they all were in the outside and their point, they all saw the aliens like yeah. land that, yeah, that South Africa, I believe that is a good yeah. one. I totally forgot about that. So I know, well, speaking of other countries, you, I know that last season you guys did travel to Ireland and it was literally figuratively a departure from the destination fear kind of, uh, road trip element. Have you, or do you have a continuing interest in expanding the scope of locations? And with that said, are there any lore story that's in some of those locations that you're particularly interested in checking out? Yeah. I mean, after season three, Travel Channel and us, we all wanted to do more international stuff, but right around the time where we were planning to go film there was like a new wave of covid and to be safe they just said keep it keep it in the states uh which is definitely a bummer when both parties wanted it It wasn't like we wanted it and they said no it's like everyone was down it's just covid kind of ended it um so hopefully you know we keep going for a while because that's truthfully when we made the show um that was the goal for me it was like it'd be awesome to get this thing just even one season but the real goal is to get it to the point where we're filming in different countries for every season um so i would love to go i mean we did ireland it was amazing i'd never been to europe so that was my first little tidbit of it and it was awesome but from what i've heard like there's like that one's ireland's amazing but there's just so many even older and even more creepy places to go in europe so if it were up to me and there's no rules and we could just do it today i would say i'd love to spend to the rest of time, however many seasons that is, just in Europe. Um, but even Asia would be awesome. Like Japan has some creepy spots. Um, but so, yeah, there's definitely, like I personally would want to only do that, just go international. Even Canada, like that Canada has so much untapped places that I've heard of. Um, it doesn't sound that as interesting as Europe or like somewhere that's way more um, old, but Canada has spots like, I don't know. I'm up almost of the opinion now. Where I'm like, I don't even like 
I don't really want to do America for a little while. We've done so many episodes here. I'd love to go anywhere else. Yeah, I've I've traveled a, a lot and I've been to a lot of the a lot of locations and lesser known locations and some of the famous ones and in like six continents at this point and it's funny to me and mind-blowing and and awesome that you go to here's here's this castle supposed to be really haunted or creepy or here's that forest that has supposedly weird entities in it and then you go to the local pub and, and someone's like oh yeah well there's the other one right down the street that's also really crazy and haunted and just some weird so there's so many that you just can't you would require the rest of time i think to try to document all of those those things mm-hmm. yeah it'd be amazing now let's shift gears a little bit because i know it's been about a year just about a year since you and your team have been doing paranormal events and horror events and whatnot and we're actually both booked at the Atlanta paranormal convention in atlanta september 22nd to 25th and i think i think i am now three for three with the events that you've been doing and it'll be four for four mm-hmm. <laughs> so how has the uh, how has it been interacting with fans and sort of the social element at events and and even meeting other of the tv folks and researchers and authors in the paranormal space it's been awesome i mean when we first got the show it was like by the time we started airing by the time we could start doing conventions COVID happened so we went through like two years of airing the show and building this fan base in no possible way of meeting anyone uh so to go out there and meet these lines of people it's so awesome. It actually, I, I, I had a couple low moments in the editing, just like, you know, getting burnt out, working way too hard. But going to these events has actually like helped me so much just see the excitement the show is bringing other people, hearing from families that it's, that they're watching it with the every age group of the family every every Saturday night. And like, it's just been amazing. Uh, and then meeting all, everyone on the shows has been really cool too, because you know, I've always been a fanboy of most every single show there is. And I got to work with the Ghost Ventures guys right away. So that was like my first experience meeting people in the paranormal. But there were still all these other people I had never met. And uh, so going to the events right away, that was mind blowing enough just to be like, holy crap, I'm in the same room with all these people I used to watch. Um, but now it's even more fun because now a lot of us, most all of us are friends. And so we show up and like to be getting drinks with Steve Gonzalez from Ghost Hunters, it's pretty amazing. If like if I told my 14, 15 year old self, like, hey, one day you're gonna be friends with him and drinking with him, I'd just be like, no. And so it's amazing. It well, and and it's something I'm really happy about doing these events is that, uh, and I think this is going to be present at Hauntlanta as well with everybody being there, like Amy Bruni, Adam Barry, the Ghost Brothers, uh, your whole team. Like, there's so many people that I, I genuinely enjoy seeing. But when we gather together, yeah, there's some work talk. What are you filming? What's this location? But it's refreshing how it's also just so normal and we're geeking out about movies and and life stuff and just uh you know talking about our travels it's i mean it's kind of refreshing right because it doesn't 
it's not like we're we all love what we do, but we're also not only talking about spooky shit. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I mean, it's definitely it's not what I thought, honestly, going into it. I didn't think it would be this much of like a family or just a friendship with all the shows. And I think for the most part, everyone's fine, but there are some people in the industry who have way too big of egos and it's, they just could never do something like that where they could go hang out with people that they're competitive with. And I just think that's so stupid. Like, like there's a saying like all boats rise and that's totally true. Like if, if everyone's friends and everyone's, got the same goal like we're all gonna get there um it just feels it's awesome for me i definitely it's brought it gave me some hope for sure just to see all these people from all these types of shows and everyone's just mingling having a good time and there's no there's no ego there's no whatever i think ego sucks i hate ego i've seen it way too much it is well and it uh anyone that removes themselves from that opportunity they're missing out on kind of developing new theories and ideas about what's out there, but also missing out on that. Yeah. That community and missing out on interacting with supporters and the people that, that really like what you do. But yeah, I, it is funny when, when I see guys like Steve Gonsalves or Dave Tango, uh, it's, we're talking about uh, Tiki drinks with Tango and then horror (laughs) movies in Disney with Steve and with Tango. And it's it's actually funny how much Disney comes up in the paranormal community. I don't know if it, you've been sucked into does. that yet. Uh, I've, everyone, like literally everyone, Ghost Adventures, Kindred Spirits, Ghost Hunters, like everybody does. There's at least a couple people on every show that love Disney. Yeah. I forgot that Aaron Goodwin was also a Disney nerd. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, when I was doing their show for... I mean, he, there was a point where he was going like every two weeks and yeah. it's just awesome. I'm like, I, I need to get going there though. I told Steve, I'm like, next time you go, cause he's going to go in the next couple months and I'm pretty much free the next couple months. I'm like, I will go just give me like a week's notice and I'll be there. I, I mean, let me know. I, I, I went with them uh, a couple weeks ago or maybe it was a couple months ago at this point. And, but I can just imagine, <laughs> like I can imagine some just you know random person at disney seeing you know you tango steve aaron good if there was just this big paranormal group just walking through disney some tourist is going to be like there is some shit going down right now <laughs> yeah it doesn't make it literally doesn't make sense like people who go to battle with the spiritual realm at disneyland <laughs> well it kind of does because people that are you know i think You know, when you talk to um, people that deal with, you know, blood and guts, uh, kind of uh, crime, uh, cops, people who have gone uh, to war, it's like when you see the really dark stuff, it kind of helps to have a lighter personality to keep yourself sane, but also realize that, like, I mean, yeah, I get to walk around spooky locations as part of a job. Like that's pretty damn great. What, you know, mm-hmm. what's there to be a bummer about? True. I think that's a good point. Got to have a little bit of darkness and light or else you just mm-hmm. get sucked into that darkness. Yeah. Um, well, as you head into the fourth season, um, I know you can't really reveal anything yet. We're it's we got a little bit of a ways before you get an official return announcement. 
But mm-hmm. not going to ask you to reveal anything. But I will say you're at the point season four, man, you can start bringing in guest investigators and things like that. So who would be not even from the paranormal realm, who would be some celebrity guests that you would love to bring on to Destination Fear? Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm going to exclude the paranormal just because there's a lot of people in the paranormal I totally would like to come on and have on. Um, one of them, which maybe could actually happen because he follows us and follows the show, is Post Malone. He he likes the show. He follows us on Instagram. Uh, so I'm like, hey, that would be amazing one day to get him involved in something. Uh, we're all huge fans of his music and what he does. Um but I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I've all we have talked about it. Where we're like, hopefully by like season four or five, we could start bringing in guests. And I would just want like, if it wasn't a paranormal person, if it was like some celebrity guest, as long as they're like interested and open-minded about it, like I would take honestly anyone who wants to try it, who wants to attempt what we do where we sleep alone or go alone and. I would totally be open to pretty much just about anyone, as long as they're not going in it with the wrong intentions. Like if they actually want to like try it out and have an open mind about it, then for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I would love to see that. Yeah. That's the thing is like, as long as they're going to be up for the adventure and not be such a downer, like someone that's just like, meh, not, you know, that's not real. You know, you have to have someone that's going to be up for it. We actually had a reporter from E! Online come out for one of the episodes in season four. And she she was kind of mind blown. Like she thought like it'd be a couple hours. And like we told her our schedule, like, yeah, at seven, we're getting dropped off. We're, we're getting picked up at like eight in the morning. And then we're doing our slow-mo stuff. And so like, you know, do you want to come for the whole night? And she was like, oh, can I just come for like one hour? And so we decided to like have her come for the sleeping alone part. And so we actually sent her off into her own building for, she was supposed to go as long as she could. It only lasted like 20 minutes, but uh, that'll be funny. But just having her out there, I was like, dang, if we ever do have a guest, like they got to be ready for like this. We don't do, some people think it's like a couple hours. It's like, no, it's about 10 to 12 hours just for the night part. And that doesn't include what we have to do at 8 a.m. and on to finish the episode. Um, So it's a lot, but. Any guest would be so fun. I think it'd just be yeah. awesome. Well, maybe you could get the, uh, you know, I know Cohen Brothers uh, out for that. I think they've got an interest <laughs> in the spooky stuff. Do uh, they? I think I so. I, I seem to recall that. And so before, well, any other teases that you can say about season four? Maybe, I mean, like, is there, when you're heading into it, was there sort of a mission in your mind about what season four was going to look like? Well, going into season four, I was really hoping it was going to be international. And for a long time, it was. So when we found out it was an international, I went full like work mode. And the thing I'm most proud of with the locations are four out of the eight episodes have never been explored on TV. Uh, and they're not like, they're pretty awesome new places. We got sanitariums, a hospital, um, an asylum that have never been on TV. And uh, that that's pretty fun to me. Like, it's one of those episodes are always fascinating because it's just local stories and local people's claims, not, not some big international claims. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, the locations definitely for having to stay in the U S I'm extremely satisfied. It's probably our best U S season. 
Um, and then I guess I could tease this too. The I wanted to like have some sort of like a theme this road trip and have something a little different. And so our theme was the darkness, but not dark as in necessarily haunts or evil, but we, any single, every time this season that there was a loan opportunity where you weren't with a group, every single time you couldn't have any lights. So in other seasons, like you still got your flashlight in your, in your sleeping arrangement, or if you did a solo by yourself, you still got your flashlight. Every single time you're alone this season, there's no flashlights. And, you know, every episode we sleep alone at some point. So over half of all the nights this time, there's no light. And that's, that made it so much scarier for us. Like it's, you can't even move half the time. You can't even see in front of your face. If you put your hand in front of it, you can't see it. Um, so yeah, we definitely amplified the fear, uh, made it in a super easy way, just taking away the light. That is, that is creepy. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And finally, wh- what's Halloween like? Do you have any Halloween plans? Are you a big Halloween guy? Um, I love Halloween. I'll definitely be watching horror movies all month like I used to do. And uh, I don't have any plans. Though. I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm really bad at plans and doing life stuff, <laughs> especially that far out. But I think for me, Halloween will just be enjoying. It's my favorite time of year. I love that just watching horror movies and spooky vibes uh but yeah i don't know we'll see i know me tanner and alex were working on a youtube channel right now that's not nothing paranormal it's just like more of a a light-hearted fun channel since we have some off time i just finished editing the show and it won't air for a little while um so yeah october is looking like filming youtube videos watching horror movies and we'll see what probably writing i'll probably do a little bit of writing this month as well but really lame i don't have like a big party or like there's nothing i'm doing what about you what are you doing i honestly it's i i thought you're gonna ask me this too and now i'm on the spot i don't think i have specific plans and i think part of it is that i've got such a busy run-up to uh, to halloween and there's also uh, new york comic-con coming up and that's going to be a big deal and i'm going to have to do a lot of stuff with that so there's like so much work stuff that i think you know, I live spooky season all the time, right? So I think spooky weekend is probably going to be chill. It'll probably yeah. involve, you know, me hanging out with just some friends at a bar and maybe I'll have a pumpkin beer or whatever. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's it's going to be pretty chill. Yeah, I'll be watching Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some good creepy Christmas movies. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Christmas. All right. Well, uh, oh, and there's a new one coming up, actually. Yeah, with uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things called Violent Night. Uh, I'm looking forward oh, to that one, too. Oh, heck so, yeah. That would be awesome. Um, all right. Uh, Dakota, I will be seeing you. I mean, we don't know what's happening for Halloween, but we know that we'll be having our spooky weekend at Hauntlanta Paranormal Convention September 22nd to 25th, along with a lot of other great people. We got the entire Destination Fear team, as well as Ghost Brothers, Kindred Spirits. Uh, I'll be there. Um, and you guys, the show is Destination Fear is returning with a fourth season. Uh, looks like 2023. And Dakota, man, I, it's it's great talking to you. I always love seeing you. I love hanging out with you. I'm glad that we did connect through these events, although some of the events have been a little bit dodgy. The people have been great. People have always been great. And definitely if you're in the Atlanta area or if you're, if you can make it to Atlanta, like you gotta come. The last one we just did in Michigan was with the same people pretty much. And it was a blast. It was so much fun. So I would totally recommend it. Like if you're a fan of this stuff, like it's not one of those 
it's not like a conventions where you just you get to say hi for, for a minute and then bye and you never see him again it's like there was so much opportunity at these conventions to hang out and actually get to know it for the fans you get to know some of your favorite shows for us we get to know our fans and i mean that's all it is, is three days of just hanging out so i would say totally come if you can and i think we're supposed to be doing laser tag too yes we're doing laser tag like how cool is that I'm stoked about that. Um, (laughs) All right, well, Dakota, thanks for hanging out with me. And for everyone watching and listening, until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content.